We are in a series called Make Room. We're in a series called Make Room for the rest of this year. And uh, God has given me assignment and I cannot wait to give it to you. Genesis chapter number 18, starting at the first verse. The book of Genesis chapter number 18. Amen to all the paper Bibles that I hear rustling. <laughs> Amen to the digital thumbs that I see typing. However you get it, just get it. No condemnation. Genesis chapter number 18. When you have it, say amen. amen. Here's what it says, starting at the first verse. The Lord appeared again to Abraham near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. One day Abraham was sitting at the entrance to his tent during the hottest part of the day. He looked up and noticed, there, noticed three men standing nearby. When he saw them, he ran to meet them and welcome them, bowing low to the ground. My Lord, he said, if it pleases you, stop here for a while. Rest in the shade of this tree while water is brought to wash your feet. And since you've honored your servants with this visit, let me prepare some food to refresh you before you continue on your journey. All right, they said, do as you have said. So Abraham ran back to the tent and said to Sarah, hurry! Get three large measures of your best flour kneaded into dough and bake some bread. Then Abraham ran out to the herd and chose a tender calf and gave it to, the, to his servant who quickly prepared it. When the food was ready, Abraham took some yogurt and milk and the roasted meat and he served it to the men as they ate. Abraham waited on them in the shade of the trees. Where is your wife? Where is Sarah? The visitors asked, she's inside the tent. Abraham replied. Then one of them said, I will return to you about this time next year. And your wife, Sarah, will have a son. Sarah was listening to this conversation from the tent. Because it was a tent. One house. Abraham and Sarah were both very old by this time, and Sarah was long past the age of having children. So she laughed silently to herself and said, how could a worn-out woman like me enjoy such pleasure? Hey. <laughs> Take me back to upset the vows especially when my master, my husband, is also so old. Then the Lord said to Abraham, why does Sarah laugh? Why does she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Is anything too hard for the Lord? I will return about this time next year and Sarah will have a son. <laughs> Laughing in your heart. <laughs> Sarah was afraid, so she denied it, saying, I didn't laugh. <laughs> but the Lord said, no, you did laugh. <laughs> Ooh, that's tough. 
If you're taking notes, please write this down. Make room in your heart. Mm, Over the next three weeks, I need to talk to you about what I think may be the most important aspect of this series. The Lord gave me an assignment over the next three weeks to preach, make room in your heart today. Make room in your head next week and to make room in your home the week after that. No matter what you've heard up until these three messages, if you have not made room in your heart, in your head, and in your home, you won't be able to bring anything you've heard previously to pass. You'll have a bunch of notes, but you won't be able to bring them to pass because you have not done inventory in your own soul, in your own heart, in your own head, and in your own home to bring it to pass. So this weekend, please make room in your heart. Bow your heads and pray over the word. Let's go. Holy Spirit, help us. Amen. Amen. Genesis chapter number 18 is a pivotal passage in the promises that God made to Abram. I do not have time to go all the way back to Genesis chapter number 12 and work my way up, but I would if I could, but I can't, so I won't. God made a promise to Abram that he would make him the father of many nations that he would take him from being Abram, whose name means high father, to Abraham, whose name literally means the father of multitudes. He said, I'll bring this to pass because I said so. The only thing I need you to do is believe in what I've said and do exactly what I say. For 24 years, Abram was doing just that. He was following God, wherever God told him to go. By faith, Abraham was accounted as righteous because he just believed God. And it wasn't like this big thing he had to believe. He just had to believe him enough to get out from the place that he was to a place that God said he would go. Because anytime God wants to do something for you, he usually tells you to move from where you are. You have to get away from the surroundings that you've been accustomed to. I have to take you away from the familiar and put you in the unfamiliar until you become familiar with me. I'm not doing it to punish you. I am not trying to ostracize you. I make no intentions to leave you lonely. But these might be side effects of obeying me. But I promise you, if you would just do exactly what God is telling you to do, whatever you left will pale in comparison to what he wants to give you. It's not even comparable on a scale. When you look back over the inventory of your life, you may not see it in the first weeks or the first months or the first few years, but, but, but if you give it some time, when you look back, you will literally say to yourself, there is absolutely no way that I should be where I am right now, enjoying what I'm enjoying right now, with who I'm enjoying it with right now. Had I stayed where I was, I would have settled for less and called it the best. 
And he says, no, I just want you to come out from where you are to a place that I want to show you because there's something that I want to put on the inside of you and you cannot have that here. I invite you in your free time this week to go read chapter number 17 because chapter number 17 is what sets up chapter number 18. This is why uh, the narrative starts in chapter number 18 with again the Lord appeared to Abraham. Now one chapter before he was Abram. One chapter later he was Abraham. One chapter before she was Sarah. A chapter later, she is Sarah. God had breathed into both of their names. I don't have time to go into all of that, but he breathed into both of their names and the breath he put on their names is what gave them the capacity for more. You need God to breathe on you. You need God to breathe on the season that you're in right now. You need God to breathe new life into the ideas that you've had and been holding on to. You need God to breathe new inspiration into the prophetic word that you've been holding on to for the last three years. You need God to breathe on you. (laughs) And if you allow him to breathe on you, he will literally make room in you for what it is that he's asking you to do. Chapter number 17, he, he, he comes to Abram 24 years after he said, leave your father and your mother. 24 years later, God comes back and says, I, I need you to reciprocate the covenant I started with you. Beyond you just having faith, uh, uh, I, I know you've been walking with me for 24 years now, and I haven't asked much of you since that time except to just follow me where I tell where I ask you to go. But, 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 but I need something to change in our relationship at this point. Uh, I'm going to need you to circumcise yourself. I, he didn't ask this in, in year one. He didn't ask this in year two. He didn't ask them on their 10th anniversary. He did not ask on their 20th anniversary. 24 years into the covenant, he says, uh, I'm going to need you to do something to show me Uh, uh, that you're really serious about this beyond just following me. I need there to be a sign, a marker in your body that shows that you're serious about this covenant. And a man who was 99 years old went and took a sharp rock with no questions asked, no antiseptic given, no anesthesia inhaled, found himself a nice little spot picked up a flint rock and went to hacking. (laughs) Now I'm trying to figure out why the girls are having this response. (laughs) All the dudes are like, "Mm, just keep going, sir. Just, (laughs) Just need you to focus, get to your point, preacher. This man, without being coerced, is given an instruction, and here's Abram's, Abram's thought. I'm out here now. Did you think we were going to get this far into the relationship and I wasn't going to do it? Yeah. <laughs> Not only did he have to do it for himself, but he did have a 13-year-old son named Ishmael, and he circumcised him. And then he had to go to all the servants that were employed by him and tell them, if you are going to continue in this relationship with me, 
based on the relationship I have with God, you're going to have to do the same thing I've done. So the circumcision wasn't just for Abraham. It was for anybody that was in Abraham's circle. Do you have people in your circle that are willing to circumcise themselves because God's called you to another level? Do you have people in your circle that are ready to go, that are ready to go deeper in their relationship with God because God called you to go deeper in your relationship with God? Because circumcision removes more than just flesh. It moves relationships. It moves baggage. It moves old paradigms of thought because you don't need to be thinking like that no more. And once you have made a decision to cut on yourself, it's easy to cut out others. (laughs) He did it. And they've moved on. And God tells Abraham, I'm going to make you the fathers of many nations. And you and your wife, Sarah, are going to have a baby. And Abraham bows low to the ground. The text says in uh, in Genesis 17, he bows low and he laughs silently. (laughs) What? How am I going to have a kid at 100? And Sarah is 90. Let Ishmael have a blessing. And God says, I'm sorry, what? Do you think I established this covenant and gave you this promise for you to give it to your plan B? Do you honestly think I want to bless your plan B better than my plan A? Now, you went outside of my will because you didn't understand it and you got impatient. And and it's not Ishmael's fault. You did that. It ain't the son's fault. It's your fault. So I don't have an issue with Ishmael. I'll bless him. But I said I was going to bless you and Sarah with the baby. And Abraham was like, well, okay. I don't know how he goes home and tells Sarah this. I don't know if when he told Sarah this, Sarah was like, huh, I didn't hear God. I mean, come on, Abraham. Listen, man, enough of this. I've already wrote the eulogy on my dreams and desires. I have already buried that aspect of my life. I prayed for it for a long, long time. It didn't happen. Listen, I'm cool. I'm not even mad at God. I went to therapy. (laughs) I've processed it all in my heart. I got out all my anger, and I'm good. All right, Sarah, but... I'm just telling you, the Lord told me that you and I was going to have a baby together. (laughs) And again, the Lord appeared to Abraham. Abraham saw the pre-incarnate Christ making a cameo appearance in the Old Testament. What are you doing here, sir? You early, sir. What you doing here? Oh my goodness, I can't believe you came to my house. Uh, uh, Sarah, Sarah, get the best dough and knead it up and and bake some bread. There's three of them here. And, 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 uh, oh, baby cow, baby cow. Okay, you're dead. Um, We're making burgers and meat 
and yogurt and cheese and, and, and we have to serve it. And they all sat down to eat. And, and, and Abraham, the Lord himself, Adonai, pre-incarnate Christ. And, and two other servants are sitting there eating and Sarah's inside a little flimsy tent. This wasn't no she shed. Fully bit, built out with, with insulated uh, walls. This is a little flimsy tent. And, 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 and the Lord has the nerve, the unmitigated gall, to have a conversation about a woman, but not with the woman. He decided to have a conversation about her in enough ear range for her to hear it, but he ain't talking to her. And he says, uh, where is your wife, Sarah? And Abraham's like, she's in the tent. Like, it's right here. <laughs> Not like it was like across the... You know, the tent was on this side and they went over this side. They sitting in earshot of this tent. He said, where, where is your wife, Sarah? He was like, she's in the tent. He said, uh, this time next year, remember what I told you in chapter 17? I mean, that's not what he said because I'm just trying to give it to y'all in context. Remember this last chapter I said that y'all was going to have a baby? Well, I'm calling it now. Set your watch. By this time next year. Set your watch. Because by this time next year, Sarah will have a son. Not Hagar. Not, a, not plan C. Not some other configuration that y'all come up with. By this time next year, Sarah will have a son. And Sarah heard it and went just like this. She did all of that silently. And then she opened her mouth and said, how can a woman as old as me experience that kind of pleasure? And the Lord heard her. The Lord heard her. But he didn't just hear what she said. He heard what she did not say. And he addressed what she didn't say out loud before he addressed what she said out loud while still talking to Abraham <laughs> and not Sarah. He says, why does Sarah just laugh? Now, you know you would be shook <laughs> if you was in the same situation. 
Because God does stuff like this and, and, and it, we can't get our minds around it. I, I, I am so grateful that my parents could never hear <laughs> what I said in my heart as a teenager when they asked me to do something because I would have been dead. <laughs> I barely survived the whispers that they heard as I stormed off. Go clean your room, okay. Can't believe they wanna, what you say? Ah! <laughs> How? What kind of ears do you have? There's no way you heard that. Watch the dishes, I watch the dishes. Stupid dishes. What you say? Ah! <laughs> She's saying the knives are sharp. I barely survived what they could hear. If they got in my head, I'd be dead. Could you imagine if God started calling you out? Not for what you've been saying, for what you've been thinking. The stuff that you knew, you were smart enough to know, I should not say this out loud, but in your head, you just bopping. <laughs> Can you imagine if his response was, what did you just say? He's literally addressing what didn't come out of her mouth before he addresses what did come out of her mouth. He said, why did Sarah just laugh? And Abraham was like, sir, if you want to talk to her, I can call her out. You already addressed me. I, I believe you. I'm not, at the, I'm not the one. I'm ready <laughs> to, to perform the mighty acts you've asked me to perform. I don't know what she... I don't know about her, but I'm, I'm down. <laughs> Sir, I'm a hundred and ready. <laughs> the Holy Spirit said, I, I, I need you to preach, make room in your heart. And I'm like, okay. And I didn't know where he wanted me to go. And he led me to Genesis 18. And, 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 and I read the narrative and he said, Tim, this is why I need you to preach this to them. He, he said, because... Uh, for the last eight weeks, um, you've been preaching about make room. Ryan's preached about make room. Katie has preached about make room. And uh, I've been having a conversation about them with you in front of them. I've been talking to the whole congregation, to you, about them in front of them. And there's many of them in that room that have been laughing. They've said amen out loud, but they've laughed in their heart. They, 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 they got excited about it, but in their mind and in their heart, they're going, mm-mm. <laughs> and he said, I need them to make room in their heart because if they don't get that laughter out of their heart, I can't put anything in their womb. 
If you don't remove that cynicism out of your heart, I'm not talking about questions. God didn't have a problem with her question because it was the same question Abraham had. How? We old. We're not just old, we old, old. Hear me, not older, right? Late 30s, early 40s, right? That's, that's older. There, there are people still popping out babies, 40s, 50s, 60s. There was some woman, I think in India or something, posted up with her child just to smile it. <laughs> I don't know what you thought, but uh, this ain't the grandchild. Me and my husband have been making room. Okay? But if you still have cynicism in your heart, if there's still something on the inside of your heart that is laughing at what God is trying to tell you, then you can't receive what he wants to give you. So he said, I I need you to preach this message because they have to make room in the heart. God comes and addresses uh, 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 Sarah through Abraham. He said, um, why did she just laugh? And why did she say, I'm too old? Then he makes this statement. Is there anything too hard for me? That's a question you have to answer. It's rhetorical to God, but it's something that you actually have to answer. You either believe he can or you don't. You either believe God can do it for you or you do not believe God can do it for you. There is no middle of the road with that. You may not have the empirical data. You may not have all the proof, but at some point you got to get to the, to, to the uh, uh, aspect in your relationship where you come to the conclusion, God can do anything. I don't know if he's going to do everything, but he can do anything. I don't know when he's going to do it, but he can do it. I don't know where he's going to do it, but he will do it. I don't know why he will do it, but he will do it. You got to have some resolve in that. I'll never forget when I moved out here and it was such a struggle to get my roots down into Texas and get established. And I know I know why now in hindsight, because of what God's purpose and plan for me was. But during that time, I'm like, well, these are all signs I should leave. I got beat up on the bus coming here. My apartment got broken into. They stole all the clothes except the church clothes. Those are real heathens. <laughs> Left all them suits on the rack. Took all the Old Navy. That was the budget back then. It was just Old Navy. I don't know what you thought I had. No Gucci loafers, nothing. It was just Old Navy stuff. And I had all of this going on in my mind. I'll never forget uh, being on the balcony after my apartment got broken into. And, my, and I was talking to my dad. And uh, daddy said, uh, well, son, it, it seems like it just seems like some stuff ain't working out. But you can always come home. And I was on the balcony overlooking uh, just some grass in front of the apartments, and there's this little tree uh, 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 in, the, in the front of the apartment complex. And I, and I told my dad, I said, Daddy, I'm looking at this tree right now, and I just want you to know, before I come home and give up on the promise God has told me, I will sleep under this tree I'm looking at. You hear me? This is resolve. Is anything too hard for the Lord? No. Am I in a situation that I, that, that I don't have answers on? Yes. Am I giving up on what God has said? 
absolutely not. Well, how's he gonna do it, Tim? I don't know. That's not even my business. That's just not the way my relationship is set up. I don't ask God all these questions. I just do what he tells me to do. I operate off the word that he gave me until he gives me a new word. When he speaks again, I'll update you again. But until then, I'm going off the word that he gave me. He said, go east, I'm going east. If I get to New York and, 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 and he's still saying go east, I'm getting on a boat or a plane and I'm going further, why? He hasn't said an updated word yet. Some of you all, thank you, Holy Spirit. Some of you all have given up on God's word because you're frustrated you haven't got an update. And so now cynicism is building up in your heart because you're frustrated with the process. You want want answers. I demand answers. God, you you gotta show me before December 1st. I put a deadline on God. You going to do it? I'm like, who are you talking to? Do you know who that is? That is your daddy. He made your DNA. Your bone marrow was made by him. Who you telling what to do by the day? You going you gonna to move, God, on this day? Because you're frustrated. So now you're going to prophesy <laughs> your own date because you mad. And we know it's a prophesy because you're not even happy when you gave it. God's going to do it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't receive that word, sir. It's, you sound mad. It, Sarah got so shook that he called out what was silent, that she tried to deny it. She didn't try to deny what she said out loud. She tried to deny what she said in her heart. I didn't say that. And the Lord responded like a parent. I heard this in my mama and my daddy's tone. I didn't laugh. The Lord's response, no. You did laugh. You ever get that tone from your parents? Like, they're, they're not even playing with you. They're not mad at you, but they're not, they're, not, they're not even gonna play the game with you. I didn't take the car. Yes, you did. <laughs> Just go to your room. I, I don't, mm-mm. mm I'm not gonna do this with you. Yeah. Why would I even bring it up? <laughs> if I didn't already have the evidence I needed. I'm always super surprised on First 48. I don't know if anybody else likes that show. I'm always super surprised when I watch First 48 at the suspects that are being interrogated. As if them jokers just went to a random Burger King and was like, we need to talk to you in our office downtown. And they're like, man, I don't even know why I'm here, man. I ain't do, I mean, I ain't even do nothing. I mean, I don't even, we're like, well, we have video footage. You have video footage of who? Well, we have video footage of the suspect that was at the crime, and you happen to have on the same sweater as what's on this videotape, which proves you are not a contract killer. (laughs) Oh, no, no, I mean, I wasn't nowhere. Then they play him the tape, they be looking at it. (laughs) 
I mean, I can see why y'all thought that that might have been me, but that's not even me. I don't have dreads anymore. You just took them out two days ago. What, are, what is the problem? We know it's you. Sarah said, I didn't laugh. He said, no, but you did. Now, here's something I'm going to say to you all that it might, it, 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 it might make you twitch in the head, but just stay with me. This promise that God gave Sarah was not contingent on if she believed it or not. <laughs> God said, by this time next year, you will have a baby. Now, I don't know what you're going to do between now and 12 months from now to deal with this thing that's in your heart. But I'm telling you right now, when I come back next year, you will have a baby. And this is why it was so important for me to share with you that you need to make room in your heart. Because there's some things coming that you're going to get. And between now and then, the only thing that needs to change is how you feel in your heart. She laughed. She got clowned. Right? You did laugh. And she was like, mm-mm, okay. Since you're the Lord, I guess, I guess. Now, now, now we know uh, full gestation of a pregnancy is, is nine to 10 months, which means she had a cool 65 to 90 days to get her mind right. I just wonder what them 90 days was like. Because I'm trying to think about what the next 60 to 90 days has to look like for you. I I wonder what what would have to change for you to get your mind prepared to receive what he wants to give you. I I wonder what you you would need to do over the next 60 to 90 days to get your mind open to, to get the cynicism out of your heart to even start believing. I don't know if she was just walking around the tent Like, I mean, I guess. I guess I can see myself pregnant. I mean, I'm 90, though. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I prayed for it, and I said it would be pleasurable, but do I really want a baby at 90? Oh, that's just crazy. Next day. I mean... It would be nice. And it probably would give me a little more joy. You're looking at this plan B running around here all day. (laughs) Anybody beside me got some consequences that you got to live with? Yeah, nothing wrong with the, nothing wrong with the baby. But it's just a reminder to you, I should not have done that. It's just better. I I promise you, your life with Jesus would be so much better if you just own your consequences. Just call your foul. That that was me. I did that. I did. mm, That was me. What is that over there? That is debt from me getting ahead of God. I just, you know what? Shouldn't have done it. Still paying on it. 
got $43,000 left. I'm going to get it right. I'm going to get it right. I'm just, I'm believing God. I'm just saying, that was on me. Okay. And then I don't know, I don't know the day that it changed. I don't know what that day looks like. Because it's going to be different for everybody. It's going to be different for all of us. But, but, but one day, that, that, that laughter left her heart. And the day that it left her heart, now, I know this is, this is, you know, there might be some theologians in the room mad at me. I'm not trying to color in. I don't know how it happened. I'm just potentially giving you some, some, some variables. Abraham, you believe God, right? Yeah, baby, I believe God. I now believe him too. You want to go in the tent? <laughs> I made some room in this tent. I'm just thinking we can exercise our faith in this tent see if God's going to do what he said he would. Listen, you have to try it. I don't know who I'm talking to right now. You got to try it. You have to exercise your faith. You have to step into the thing that God is actually telling you you're going to have. You just got to get yourself out there and go, I'm going to just put myself out here and try it. I, the only thing that can happen is it's not going to happen. But since he said it was going to happen, we might as well practice. I know that's for at least 50 people in here. I got to practice what God is telling me to do. If he called you to preach, preach. If he called you to sing, sing. If he calls you to own the business, start cooking. Start producing. Start editing. Start doing whatever it is he's called you to do. They went in that tent. Came out that tent. Like that was that was amen. <laughs> we gonna do that again. A hundred and ninety. A hundred and ninety exercising their faith, believing God. They don't know if it's working, but they doing it. Ooh, that was a double entendre for you. They don't know if it was working, but they were doing it. Figuratively and literally. Y'all know who I am. All the first time visitors are like, is this normal? I don't know. See, always this graphic, he left nothing to my imagination. I think I will try one of those other churches. She got pregnant. And here's what it says in Genesis 21, verse number one. The Lord kept his word. <laughs> I could preach a whole message on that. Just those five words right there. The Lord kept his word. Anybody beside me have a testimony? That the Lord kept his word? That no matter what you were going through or how hard the struggle got, he kept
kept his word. He kept it for you. What he spoke over you, he was not going to allow it to come back to him void. He kept his word. It's the reason why you're still alive, because he kept his word. It's the reason why you didn't commit suicide, because he kept his word. It's the reason why you're not in jail right now, because he kept his word. It's the reason why you broke a generational curse, because he kept his word. It's the reason why you broke out of a poverty mindset, because he kept his word. Mm. Thank you, God, for keeping your word. Mm -hmm. He keeps his word. He keeps his word. He protects his word. He defends his word. He doesn't play with his word. When he speaks, his word is going to come to pass. The Lord kept his word and did for Sarah exactly. (laughs) Not kind of. Well, it's almost like what I wrote. He did exactly what he had promised. She became pregnant and she gave birth to a son for Abraham in his old age. This happened at just the time God said it would. Listen, if I get to talking about God, we'll be here for another two hours. I promise you, because I can, look, before I got, gave my life to Jesus, I used to talk smack in the streets. I mean, I would bump, like, I've always had a gift of communication. I used to be a battle rapper, so I could come after you. But I gave my life to God, and I'm like, you know what, I can boast in the Lord for a good 90 minutes. I can talk about his promises and declare his truth for a good 90 minutes straight. If you give me enough time, I'll go through my testimony, my mama's testimony, my daddy's testimony, my wife's testimony, my best friend's testimony. I could give you the work just talking about his goodness. (laughs) If I think back to all the times that he kept me and saved me and delivered me and set me free, if I thought about all the times that my mind was so dark, and so polluted, I thought I was never going to have a righteous thought. But then he came in. He came in and gave me peace on my worst days. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. He surely did. Anybody beside me got something they can thank God for? Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. For the next 30 seconds, just give God a praise. He is good. He is holy. He is righteous. He is power. He is knowledge. He is. He is. (laughs) And that I am first and the last. Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, he is. Let's go! Let's go! I know we don't have enough time for a testimony service, but if God saved anybody, just make some noise, right? You know he did it. You know he did it. You know you wouldn't be in your right mind without him. 
You know you wouldn't be saved without him. You know you wouldn't have peace without him. He did it. He did it. He gets all the glory. I'm not smart enough. I'm not educated enough. I'm not kind enough. He did it all. 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 Okay, sit down. Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. So this next part, this next part, oh, I'm going to try to get through this part without going like full Pentecostal on you. I'm going to try. I make no guarantees. <laughs> and since the band already came out, <laughs> that may be confirmation. I just need to go there. I don't know. I'm going to see right now. I'm about to just see. I'm about to see. I don't know, <laughs> but, but we gonna find out right here. You got to try it, bro. I got to try it. I got to, I got to try Yes. I mean, since we out here, we might as well go ahead and try <laughs> All right. All right, so this verse, has been messing with me all week. And God declared, this is Genesis 21. Genesis 21, verse number six. Y'all got it right there. And Sarah declared, God has brought me laughter. All who hear about this will laugh with me. It's been messing with me all week. God has brought me laughter. As soon as Sarah got that cynical laugh out of her heart, she got that promise of a laugh put in her hands. As soon as Sarah said, let me stop doubting the God who's fulfilled every promise up until this point, God said, I will now give you something to laugh about. Have you ever? I don't know what kind of parents you had. And this might not fit everybody's familial setting. But the kind of parents I had, if you caught them on the wrong day, and they had to spank you, and you started to cry, it was really weird. In hindsight, you know, I would like to sit down and just like, Rewind the tape and be like, did this make sense to you when you said it? Like, did you hear you when you said what you said? 
but they would say, stop crying. Oh, y'all. Did y'all have the same? <laughs> we must all be kin then. Must have came from this famous, the same family root system. They, they, they said, you better stop crying or I'm going to give you something to cry about. But you did already. <laughs> it, it was the reaction to this physical corporal punishment that produced the tears in my eyes in the first place. And now you, the originator of my tears, are now telling me that if I don't stop doing the thing that produced the pain that caused me to cry, you will now give me something to cry about? Are you going to drop me off at the adoption agency? What could you possibly do from here that's going to make my crying worse? God essentially implied the same thing to Sarah. Did you just laugh at me? Did you just laugh about what I said? If you don't stop that laughing, I will give you something to laugh about. And it will not be cynical. And it will not be petty. And it will not be fearful. And it will not be doubtful. It will literally be a laugh that you can hold. Isaac's literal name means laughter. He said, if you can just get that cynical laugh out of your heart, I will put a laugh in your hands that you can hold. The only thing holding on to your cynical laugh is going to get you is blocked in your heart. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay. Now, remember I told you this promise was going to come whether she believed it or not. Thank you, Holy Spirit. This clarity right here is crazy. But here's what I feel like the Holy Spirit just said. But had she kept that cynical laugh, she wouldn't have appreciated what she was holding. I mean, he did it, but took long enough. I mean, God, he, he finally showed up, but I'm 90. I can't be dropping this kid off at the park and at soccer practice. And at... By the time this joker get ready to graduate, I'm going to be 108. How embarrassing is that going to look? If you don't get this out of your heart, it doesn't mean that God's not going to give you what he promised you, but you won't even to appre- you won't be able to appreciate it because you're so bitter that you're like, oh, finally. Thanks a lot, God. Appreciate you. Make room in your heart. Th- this is the, this is the, This is the last month of this year. And we we know in the the scheme of things, as it relates to what God wants to do, January is just another month. But, but, But in terms of you closing out this year with your mind right, you need to step into the new year 
with a heart that's so open that it's like, I don't care when you do it. I don't care how you do it. I don't care where you do it. I don't care why you do it. I don't care who you do it with. If this is what you want from me, I'm open. I'm ready to receive everything you want to give me in the time you want to give it to me in. If it's this year, cool. If it's next year, cool. If it's five years from now, I'll still be here. Because my relationship was never, bit, never built on you doing this. If you never did it, I would still be here. But you don't want to start the conversation. I didn't bring this up to you. You brought this up to me. And so since you're the one that brought it up, I'm open. Since you're the one that brought it up, I believe you. Since you're the one that brought it up, I receive what it is you want to say. So everybody put your hand on your heart. This is good. Mm. Just repeat after me. Lord God, I hear you talking about me. I hear you talking to me. I laughed. You heard me. I laughed. And you heard me. I believe. Help my unbelief. I am making room in my heart for what you want to do in my life. You're right, Lord. There is nothing too hard for you. Ooh, I felt that. That felt good. Let's say it again. You're right, Lord. There is nothing too hard for you. Now make this one per- personal. You're right, Lord. There is nothing too hard for you to do for me. I open my heart. Make me laugh. Father God, I'm so thankful for my brothers and sisters, your sons and daughters. Thankful for what you have said and how you have said it. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would give them the capacity. Breathe on us. 
Breathe on us, Lord, and make room in our hearts for what you want to do in, through, and with us. God, we want all the unbelief out of our heart so that we can hold something unbelievable in our hands. And when it happens, we will not take credit. We will give you all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.